Hi, thanks for listening. In 20 seconds or less, I wanted to ask if you would consider supporting the show with a one-time donation of $1 to $3. The funds go to subscription fees, equipment upkeep, and a general sense of well-being. Links in the show notes. And again, thanks for listening. Okay, on with the show. A decision to make, and a story to make up. Delroni! Hey, Delroni! You owe me fifty bucks, you shitbag! Private First Class Matthew Walkenkowski chased after Delroni. He was brought up short by the booming voice of his sergeant. Walkenkowski! Back to work! PFC Walkenkowski slowed his pursuit, giving up the chase entirely after another bellowing shout from his sergeant. Francis Delroney heard his name, but he didn't stop. He kept his arms tight to his sides, hands jammed in his pockets, head down as he mixed in with the crowd of government contractors and military personnel streaming through the massive doorway leading out to the parking area. He had to get away. Screw them and screw this place! What the hell was that locked in that cage? He remembered that crazy fuck of a doctor saying something about the guy being dead before? Delroni quickened his pace, even as he checked the bite on his shoulder. It wasn't too deep. Superficial, really. But it had broken the skin and it hurt like hell. If he had thought about calling his congressman before, it was a friggin' certainty now. He was going to blow the lid off this place. Freakin' false imprisonment and mad scientists and shit. He would be a national hero when he finished with them, leaving out the part about almost pissing himself naturally. Delroney tried to keep a low profile as he fast-walked to his car. It would be a little while before they figured out he had made his getaway. The next time they heard from him, it would be on one of those news shows where somebody was blowing the lid off some shit and assholes were shoving mics out of their faces. Dr. Krenner leaned against the table with one hand. With the other, he dabbed a bleeding cut on his forehead with a white cotton cloth. For perhaps the tenth time, he glanced over at the phone mounted to the wall. He knew what he should do, but he also knew what it would mean. His experiments, his life's work, were already hanging by a thread. His next words must be chosen carefully. He had to get his story straight. He took a deep breath and walked over to make the call. A single ring later, the colonel's secretary, Kathy Meadows, picked up. Dr. Krenner tried to keep his voice steady as he spoke. Yes, uh, good day, Miss Meadows. This is uh, Wilhelm Krenner. I need to speak to the colonel if he is in. It is a matter of some importance, dear. Dr. Krenner feigned a smile at the secretary's pleasantries and waited while she connected him. Three rings later, Colonel Bennett picked up the phone. Yes, hello, colonel. I'm afraid we have a problem. That individual you sent down here, he attacked me and has fled, Dr. Krenner said. He waited as Colonel Bennett vented his frustration before continuing. Yes, well, that's not all, I'm afraid. 
The source of our contention was his failure to obey certain protocols in the disposal of the test subjects. I think he may have been infected. Rogue Asset Colonel Bennett rushed into the room. Those closest to the command station turned first, and their curiosity spread. Soon everyone was looking to Colonel Bennett. He had ascended the carpeted steps of the command station that overlooked rows of computer stations. Above them all, the massive screen displayed a map of the world with various incoming data streams. He wasted no time. We have a Priority A1A security breach. Whatever you are working on, whoever you are working on it for, just took a back seat, people. Colonel Bennett pushed a button and a file photo of Francis Del Roney displayed on the massive main screen and on all the individual terminals. This is our target. He was working with Dr. Krenner down in Special Projects Disposal Unit. He failed to heed protocol, and when Dr. Krenner attempted to correct his behavior, Del Roney attacked him and fled, but not before possibly becoming infected with an agent that poses extreme danger, both to national security and quite possibly the world. I have already wasted precious time telling you what I have, but you need to know. Nothing else matters but getting him back. We have every resource at our disposal to both track the subject and to retrieve him. Colonel Bennett pushed another button, and Del Roney's face vanished. Internal security, Colonel Bennett said. Sir, yes, sir, a Marine major three rows in and to the extreme left of Colonel Bennett came to attention. Colonel Bennett looked over at him. I want you to start running facial recognition on all the video feeds of everyone who has left the base in the last three hours, and copy your search to the big screen. That goes for everyone. Mirror your data streams, people. I want to see it all, he said. The major turned and began frantically typing away at his station. Seconds later, the upper left of the huge screen showed video of everyone coming and going through the entrance of the facility. Graphical white boxes appeared around people's heads as the facial recognition program began searching for Francis Del Roney. Where are my satellites, people? Colonel Bennett said, his voice booming over the low rumble of frantic labor. The entire fifth row of personnel stood and looked towards him. Right. Once we locate Del Roney, I want eyes on him. We know he left the base. I want to know what he's driving and where he's going. We have security teams locked, cocked, and ready to rock. Weapons set to red and free, he said. No sooner had he finished speaking than the major and internal security called out. We have him! The major typed on his keyboard and the facial recognition feed filled the main screen. A timestamp on the feed indicated they were viewing images from two hours ago. They watched as Del Roney rushed from the huge entrance of the facility and made his way to his car. Sat! Log that timestamp and give me the feed from when he emerges from the tunnel. Put it on the big screen. I want to know where he went, Colonel Bennett said. Without wasting time with a verbal response, a young lieutenant to the right of Colonel Bennett hammered away at his keyboard. Seconds later, a video feed filled the screen, and everybody watched with rapt attention as the video played in fast forward. What appeared to be the southwest United States filled the screen. Once pinpointed, the lieutenant zoomed in the feed on Del Roney's car and tagged it on the screen with Target Alpha. Lieutenant Colonel Mullins, tell your teams to be ready, Colonel Bennett said. 
Lieutenant Colonel Mullins popped tall from the front of the room near the big screen. Yes, sir. The eagles are ready to fish, sir. The seconds ticked by as everyone in the room watched Delroni's car drive the winding road away from the base and through the town of government secrets. The car left town and headed north. As the satellite feed caught up to real time, they watched Delroni pull into what appeared to be a trailer park. Several house trailers were arranged in rows. All around was open land hemmed in by tall pines. An access road led away from the park to a small commuter airport. As they watched, an Airbus A319 made its final approach and landed. It taxied to the terminal and parked. On the big screen, the words live feed flashed. An ant-sized figure ran from the car into the trailer. Sir, we have an address for Target Alpha's location. 1967 Moon River Drive. That is Delroni's last known civilian address, sir, the young lieutenant manning the sat station said. Lieutenant Colonel Mullins, this is a bio-emergency. Is Dr. Krenner in position with your teams? Colonel Bennett said. Lieutenant Colonel Mullins looked to Colonel Bennett. Dr. Krenner is on station, sir. Deploy your men with extreme prejudice, Colonel Bennett said. Lieutenant Colonel Mullins adjusted the mic on his headset and gave the order. Delta, Echo, Foxtrot, Golf, Hotel, you are go. Deploy to this location, 1967 Moon River Drive. Acquire any and all personnel found therein with extreme prejudice. Colonel Bennett turned to Lieutenant Colonel Mullins. Colonel Mullins, tell your teams this mission is Charlie Echo. The two officers shared a tense look. Then Lieutenant Colonel Mullins spoke again into his mic. Attention all teams. This operation is Charlie Echo. I repeat, Charlie Echo. Colonel Bennett looked up to the big screen. Comms, give me the live feed for the team leaders, he said. Seconds later, feeds from helmet-mounted cameras appeared. They gave point-of-view perspective of the fast attack teams lifting away from the mountain in black helicopters. Below them, driving out of the mountain base and heading east, leaving the base and the speed limit far behind them, was a convoy of four black 18-wheelers. The room again grew silent as all eyes watched the operation transpire on the screen above them. Colonel Bennett placed both his hands on his desk, and drew a deep breath. The irresponsible actions of a single individual had caused a domestic threat of the highest order, and now an airport, a trailer park, and everybody in them would have to disappear. Extinction 